Uh, today I'm going to share a message on a, a thing that I think all of us deal with, which is change, seasons of change. And uh, how many of you, just by a show of hands, let's get a little participation here. How many by a show of hands do not like change? You just don't like change? Raise your hand. Oh, there's a good number of you. Okay. How many of you do like change? Raise your hand. You, you love change. Like you love, you're changing your hairstyle all the time, you change your hair color, you're changing everything. How many of you walk into your house, you see your living room, at times you just want to change it up? Who, come on, who's that person? You walk in, you're like, let's change this thing. That's how my, my wife will come in, like, let's just, let's paint. I'm like, I don't want to paint. Let's just paint. Let's just paint things. We're just changing stuff, changing hairstyles, maybe changing jobs, hopefully not changing spouses. Um, that's, that's for another message. But uh, I, we are all in transition, and uh, I, my life's been filled with it. I'm sure your life has been. I'm, for those that don't know, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Texas boy. I was born and raised in Texas. Um, my, my mom's side was from uh, Louisiana, but... Uh, I'm from Texas, grew up in Texas, grew up in Houston, you know, four million plus people, moved to Dallas, lived up there, another million or so people, and then I, and then I moved to Lafayette. Come on, how many know that was a change? That was a shift. And then God in his humor moved me to Jennings. Come on, he was like, ah, you know, you thought that big city came to country, and then I didn't even move to Jennings, I moved to Welsh. Come on, somebody, Welsh. My house, this is no lie, my house was a loft under a barn, like old McDonald's farm. <laughs> Only cows I had seen were on TV, and I was, no, I was joking. Now, I was living under, I mean, old McDonald's farm it was crazy, and, and yet God was doing a great thing there, and, and uh, started with Pastor Bubba, and uh, Pastor Bubba, Miss Tracy, and all them, they're here as well, and uh, was honored to be a part of the team, but man, it was a tra big transition, city boy to country life, a whole new transition. Then I went from single life to married life. Come on, how many married people I got in the house? How many married? How many know that's a transition right there? Come on, somebody. It's a transition to go from single, bachelor, eating Hot Pockets all the time, you know, to finally having a wife who was cooking for me that was there. But my, how many know that's a transition? I remember our premarital counseling. My wife's up here on the front row with us. With us in um, premarital counseling, the premarital counselor said, okay, today's session we're going to talk about fighting. So uh, let's talk about how do y'all have fights? And we looked at each other and we're like, fighting? We don't fight. <laughs> I think the counselor just laughed. Just, just wait. Um, how many know when you get married, that's a transition, learning to live with someone. Uh, and, and then you have the transition of having a child. How many know parenting's a transition? Every parent in here said, amen. It's a transition. I remember my first child, my man child. I was the one I was believing for, expecting for. Josiah, uh, he, he was my first one. I could not wait until she got into labor so I could go as fast as I possibly could on I-10 like Mario Andretti to get to Lafayette General Hospital. And I got there and, uh, and, and we're there and you know, she's starting to have contractions. And my brother, who's actually here in, uh, in the seat here, um, he, he brought me Judy Sin. Come on, how many have had Judy Sin? Anybody have had the best burger in town, incredible burger? He brought me, I was hungry, okay? I ate Judy Sin in front of my wife as she was having contractions. Guys, do not do that. Can I just give you fair warning right now? Do never do that. That's not even proper English, but it sounds right. Okay, don't ever do that. And so, I, you know, I eat this Judy's burger. I'm good. I'm full now, and she's having these labor contractions. And so I'm, you know, trying to do the, hey, breathe, breathe, you know. Let's, <laughs> she looks at me. She just stares at me. She says, your breath stinks. <laughs> I was all up in her face. So I backed, I backed away three steps. And uh, anyways, we had our son. And, and then how many know, like, when you have your first child, then you come to the realization, like, I have to bring this thing home. And it didn't come with instruction manuals. Like, I am now a father. 
and, and you go through that transition, and then, and then how many know you go from transition, how many have multiple kids, like you go from one to two, come on, how many know one's an accessory right now, you ain't parenting at one, okay, you, got, you go to two, and then how many know you go to three, you go to multiple, then you got that transition that happens in life, and uh, everything that, that goes on there, and now my, my oldest son is going into high school, come on, how many got teenagers, who has teenagers in here? May God bless you. May he keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. You got, you got, my, my, my oldest is going into high school. He's about to go to summer camp tomorrow. Come on, y'all pray for our high schoolers tomorrow. They go to summer camp. We're excited for them. He's going to his first high school camp. My middle son is now going into junior high. So I got a junior high. He's been like begging me to go to youth. Like he's been waiting for that transition for his life. He's so excited. And he's got that that's going on. And then I have a youngest son that's, uh, that's nine as well. But we, we go through transitions in life. All of us are in transition. Maybe it's a good transition. Maybe, maybe you just got married and it's a good transition. Maybe you got a new job. Maybe, uh, maybe, you're, maybe you're retiring and you're going through that. Maybe you have a new baby and it's good transitions that are going on in your life. Maybe, maybe you're, you're looking for a new church home. And, and can I just say, welcome home. We're glad you're here. So glad to have you today. And, but maybe this is a transition going into something new. We're all, we're all in transitions, but maybe it's not a good transition. Maybe some of you are going through bad transitions right now. Uh, maybe it's the loss of a loved one. Uh, maybe it's the loss of a job. Maybe it's a, a, a diagnosis that you received from, from a doctor that you did not expect, and you're going through that transition and that change right now. You know, one of our jobs as pastors is to help you navigate through life's transitions. And so t today, uh, uh, this is uh, a message that is uh, talking about lost in transition. I don't believe God wants us to ever be lost in transition. He is transitioning us all the time, but he doesn't want us to be lost in these transitions. And so I want to help you just as, as a pastor here on the team, I want to help you navigate through life's transitions um, because how many know we're not good at change? Most of y'all, 70% of y'all raised your hand when I said, do you like change? And so if that, that probably tells me that when change is happening, you're probably mostly resistant to it. And here's why, because change, if anything, it presses on us emotionally. It just really presses. When there's change in our life, there's emotional level that it gets changed. But I want to just give some encouragement today. And uh, it's found in God's word in Malachi chapter 3. You should have gotten some notes when you, you walked in. If you want to go ahead and just pull those out real quick. I, I want us to walk through these notes which, by the way, 95% of people go to heaven that take notes. just want to let you know. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, but we'd love, we would love for you to take some notes and, um, and, and follow along with us. This might not be a word for now that you need. It might be a word for your friend uh, or maybe for down the road and just to be able to come back and look at this. And that's why we give out these notes. But look what God's word says. I, I love what the Bible has to say about change. And God's word tells us in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. It says, I am the Lord... And everybody help me with this. And I do, come on, 1030, let's get it, let's get it. Y'all had some extra coffee today, let's go. I am the Lord and I do, I do not change. How many know the world changes, life changes, circumstances change, but how many thankful we got a God that's ever present and always the same. He is the same yesterday, today, forever. He never changes. We serve a God who never changes. And we see all throughout scripture that God was always into transitions. We see transitions all throughout the Bible. Moses transitioned the, 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 the children of Israel out of Egypt. Uh, Joshua transitioned the children of Israel into the promised land. 
We see all throughout scripture, David transitioned from a shepherd into a king. We see all throughout God's word that there's transitions, people making transitions, God's people going into transitions. We serve a savior who is the king of transition. How many know Jesus, the one that we celebrate, the one that we love, we give our lives to? How many know he made a transition from heaven, perfect place where we cannot wait to go, transitioned to earth, to a place full of people that were broken in a broken world, lived a sinless life, a perfect life for us. He was the example. He walked through every pain that you walked through. He walked through every hurt that you and I have walked through. And he transitioned through those lives uh, and, and changed lives through it. But of course, ultimately went to the greatest change, which was to go to the cross for you and I, to give his life as a ransom for you and I to take our shame and our guilt and our past. And then he dies. But how many are thankful that Easter, we celebrate a God who did not stay in the grave. Come on, he transitioned to life and life above. How many know if, he's, if he came from dead to life, how many know he can bring you from death to life? Amen. And this is what we celebrate. And then ultimately, he made the greatest transition from even from death to life. Then he went from back from earth back to heaven. So we serve a God who understands change. We serve a God who understands transition. And he navigates with us through life in transition. And so today, I want us to look specifically at one person in Scripture, a guy by the name of Abram. If you want to go with me to Genesis chapter 12, uh, many of you would probably know him as Abraham, but Abram um, was a man who understands transition. And, and so Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 1, we're going to read a little bit together and talk about how do we walk through transition and not get lost in transition. Genesis 12, verse 1 and through 6 says, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave. Everybody say that word. Leave. Say it again. Leave. Now watch what he tells them to leave. Leave your native country. Leave your relatives. Leave your father's family. Now how many know leaving can be really exciting, but leaving can also be very, very nerve-wracking, very anxious. Leave. Leave. How many have had your kids leave the house? How, how many have had to kick them out of the house? They, okay, okay. How many they came back to your house and now you're trying to get them back? Okay, anyways, that's another conversation. So, but watch what he tells them to do. Watch. Leave. What does he tell them to leave? Leave what you know. Leave what you're comfortable with. Leave, leave what's, 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 what, what you're so familiar with. Leave your family. Leave your country. Go to where I'm telling you. Look what he says. And go to the land that I'm going to show you. Now, how many of you in here, just by a show of hands, are planners? Like, you like a plan. You like to work a plan. You like to figure out. How many like to know things in advance to work the plan, to know what's going to go on? Like, you're scheduled. You got calendars, all that stuff. Okay. All right. All, all, all the geeky people arise. Okay, here we go. All right. We like, I'm order. I like that too. I like a plan. I like to work a plan. I like things to go. So here we are, Abram. God says, okay, Abram, it's time for you to leave. It's time for you to go. All right, you got to go. First question I'm asking if I'm Abram. Ready? Where are we going? Who, who's with me? Where are we going? Next question is, how long is it going to take? <laughs> right? We're like our kids, okay? How long is it going to take for me to get there? Can we go ahead and fill in all the details of what's going to happen? But how many know oftentimes that when God calls you to leave, when God calls you to do something, he doesn't always give the details. He doesn't always fill it in. Sometimes he will just call you to do something, to take a, a risk. How many know that's called faith, by the way? Take a step of faith. Go step out into something that you've never done before. This is what God is calling us as we live a life of faith. Go, leave. I'm going to show you, but I need you to leave where you're going to go. 
Now, African Impalas, if you know anything about African Impalas, African Impalas are, are, can, can jump some of the highest, even next to a kangaroo. They can jump up to 10 feet high. They can jump 30 feet long. I mean, they are some incredible jumpers. And yet, they can have African Impalas stay in a zoo, in a habitat. And zookeepers were trying to figure out how in the world are they going to keep these African Impalas that could probably jump any fence, over any fence. How in the world do you keep them in? And they realized very quickly it was actually very easy to put Impalas, keep them in their habitat. All they had to do was build a three-foot wall. Now, they can jump 10 feet. It made no sense. Why in the world would only a three-feet wall suffice? Because this is in the, in the Impala's mind, an Impala will never jump if they can't see where they're going to land. Hey, by the way, I know a lot of Christians like that. That will not take a risk, will not take a step, will not jump until God fills in all the details. But can I tell you right now, God oftentimes will want to see your obedience before he'll give the details. Will you step? Will you say yes? Will you? Often God's best is on the other side of your yes. He's waiting for you to say yes so that he can begin to reveal his best for you, but it's usually not the other way. God is looking for practical obedience in our lives. And watch what God makes a covenant with these people. This is the Abrahamic covenant. This is a covenant that you and I are all a part of as well. Watch what he tells them when he tells them to leave and go, and I'm going to show you where we're going to go. Next verse says, I'm going to make you. Everybody say, make you. I'm going to make you into a great nation. And then what else is he going to do? I'm going to what? I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to make you famous. And you're going to be a blessing to who? To others. Which, by the way, God always blesses you, not just for you. God always blesses you to be a blessing to others. God's always blessing us. Hey, listen, if you're praying just for your own personal blessings, God's going, no, no, no. I will bless you, but for you to be a blessing to others, I'm going to bless you. Uh, I'm going to bless those who bless you. I'm going to curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Now watch this. Here we go. And Abraham was what? Say it with me. How old was he? 75 years old. 75 years old when he left Haran. 75 years old. I don't know about y'all. I got retirement plan going on at 75 years old. AARP is happening at 75 years old. Okay, we got Medicaid. I got my benefits. I mean, everything is rocking and rolling at 75 years old. And yet here we are at 75 years old. And God says, okay, it's time to go. It's time to leave. And I, I don't know about y'all, but transition happens at all ages. You never outgrow transition. In God's kingdom, you never outgrow transitions. 75, when you're ready to settle down, you're ready to get comfortable, you got your dream house, everything's good, grandkids are good, all right, I'm retiring now. And God says, all right, time to come out of retirement, let's go. And you're like, what? What's happening? And I'm going to tell you right now, as the older you get, can we all agree the older you get, the harder it is to go to change? Can we just agree with that? The older you get, it's harder to get transitioned. The older you get, it's, it's easier for us to get set in our ways. And, and here we are. Moses is getting called out by God to go. And so I'm telling you, as the older you get, you got to become, don't become more resistant to change. Look what the verse says. So this is what Abraham does. At 75 years old, with all of his stuff, all of his family, he takes his wife, Sarah, and his nephew, Lot, and all his what? All his wealth, everything that he had lived his life for, everything that he accumulated over 75 years, all his money, all his livestock, all his people that he had taken into the household of Aaron, and he headed for the land of Canaan. 
Now, God was transitioning. What was God doing? The promises of God was not just for a new place, not just for a new house, not for just a new geography. The promises of God was, I'm going to make you a father of nations. But the only way you're going to be the father of nations is if you got to move. You got to get out. You got to go. You got to go to a new place. And so here we are in this. And I want to give some encouragement today because if you're in a place of transition, listen to me closely. Abraham, even though he did obey God, he still made a lot of mistakes along the way. I'm thankful that we, we serve a God who put a, a scripture, a holy, his holy word together, and it's full of knuckleheads. Come on, I mean, somebody in here are grateful that there were people that were obedient to God, but at the same time, they still made mistakes. And I'm going to tell you right now, any transition you're going through in life, you're going to make mistakes. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So why do some people struggle in transition? And other people thrive in transition. Why do some of us, man, it's really, really hard for us to go through change. And others of us, it's really, it's easier for us to go through. Let me give you one word. If you want to just write this one word down, expectations. Expectations. Have y'all ever said something like this to God? God, this wasn't how it was supposed to be. Y'all ever said that to God before? God, this wasn't the plan. Like, I, I didn't plan for this. I, I, I was going to do this. I was going to, you know, go to college. I was going to get a great job. Then I was going to meet Mr. Wright, and he was going to be all beautiful, have that six-pack ab. You know, he's going to have all that. And then we, he was going to have, you know, he's going to make tons of money. He's going to take care. I mean, this, we have a plan. We have, a, I have, a, I have my own will of what I'm going to do. But how many know oftentimes we got our plan and we got God's plan? And sometimes we've got we've to figure out how to line those two up together. And here we are in this moment. That life doesn't always meet our expectations, but how many thankful we had a God that always exceeds our expectations? Always does. So what should we expect in transition? Let me, let me give you three thoughts here uh, when it comes to God's word, what he tells us when it comes to what do we expect? What should we be expecting? If we're not expecting transition, how can we expect it? And what can we believe and know that God will do? Let me give you number one. If you want to write this down, number one is that you need to expect God to go before you. Expect God to go before you. Oftentimes when we're in transition seasons, when we're, we're in change seasons, we can get so caught up in the emotion of the, the season that we miss out to look at what God is doing. God is working in this. And I need just to tell you, everybody, listen, look, look at me. It's going to be okay. Like, it's going to be okay. You lost your job? It's going to be okay. You lost a loved one and it hurts? but it's gonna be okay. It's hard, it's difficult, but God goes before you. How many in here um, have Facebook? How many have a, have a Facebook in here? Okay, if you have Facebook in here, you've probably seen this before. It's one of my favorite features actually that Facebook does. It's called Memories. Uh, it used to be called On This Day. They, they changed the name to Memories now, but the way it works is if you click on it, um, it'll show you what you were doing that same day a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, you know, based off of how, how often you post and things. And, and you can see, look back at things that you did a year ago. How many, like, look back and you're like, oh, I was on vacation a year ago. Oh, it'd be nice to be there again. <laughs> you, you look at different things. And um, it was a couple months ago, I was, you know, scrolling through the memories. And uh, I was looking at pictures of when we were in the hospital with our youngest son. For those that don't know, our youngest son uh, was diagnosed at the age of three with, a, with a, a lung disease. 
that doctors pretty much gave pretty grim facts that he probably wouldn't make it beyond the age of five. And um, we were in hospitals a lot, a lot. And, uh, and it was during that season, and I was looking through the memories, and I was seeing, like, these pictures of us being in, in the, that hospital room and ICU and seeing, you know, the hookups to my son. And the here's the question that popped in my mind. How did we make it? How did we make it through that? And it was like the Lord just told me, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. How many of you look back at your life and you don't know how you got it, but you realize God's grace was sufficient for you? Hey, which, by the way, my son is nine years old now, and he's defying everything the doctor said wouldn't happen. And so he's, God is doing it. Many of you prayed for him. Thank you. And, and I look at those seasons. And how many know when you're in that dark season, you don't know how am I going to make it, but God's grace is sufficient for you. God will work through it. God is going before you. Let me show you what God's word says. Proverbs 16, verse 1. I love how it says it in the Passion Translation. It says, go ahead, make all the plans you want. Everybody in here that's a planner? Come on, that's good news from God's word, right? <laughs> make all the plans you want. That's good. We, we're we're going to do that. But it's the Lord who will what? Ultimately direct your steps. It is the Lord who will ultimately direct your steps. So God says, make a plan, make a budget, put a schedule together. It's good, do all that. Don't hold on to it though. Present it to the Lord and say, God, what do you want? And God will direct your steps, my steps. So know that God goes before you. Whatever your transition you're going through right now, God's going before you. Number two is this, expect your emotions to mess with you. Is this not the truth? That when you're going through change, you lost your jobs, it's not like you lost your job and you're like, praise the Lord, I'm out. You know, maybe so, I don't know. But, you know, you're starting to start getting a little worried, a little fear. Maybe, maybe God called you to step out and, you know, start adopting kids. Or maybe God called you to step out and, you know, do something that just wasn't your own. And so here comes the emotions. Regret, remorse, did I make the right decision? Anxiety, all this stuff starts, uh, starts going on inside of you. And I want to tell you, when it comes to emotions, Emotions are great indicators, but they're terrible dictators. I'm going to say that again. Emotions are great indicators. They're terrible dictators. And so if you allow your emotions to dictate everything in your life, how many know you're going to be on a roller coaster, a roller coaster of life? You've got to allow your emotions to begin to do a great way. It's kind of like um, the dashboard of your vehicle. You know how it's got all these little warning lights, you know, and you've got those lights that come off of you? You can do two options there. You can either you know, tend to it because those lights are showing you something inside of the vehicle is wrong. And you can, you can deal with it. You can put gas in your vehicle or you can go pop the hood and change the oil or put air in the tire or whatever the lights are. Or you could just put a picture over it and ignore it like some of us do. <laughs> it'll be all right. You're the ones on the side of the road. And so you, you, however you want to process that, and I'm just telling you right now, God has given you and I the gift of emotions. Emotions are a gift from the Lord. You're like, man, my emotions are all, all over the place. Yeah, because they're indicating something inside of you that you need to check in on. And if you don't process those things, you're going to be on the side of the road. So I'm telling you, anger is okay. Worry is okay as long as you bring it to the Lord. Fear is okay as long as you bring it to the Lord. That's why God was always telling Joshua, be strong and courageous. Why? Because he was freaking out. He was freaking out. And it's okay. God allows our emotions to be this. But I love what God's word says in Psalms 42. Watch what God's word says. Put your hope in who? God. Come on, say it with me. Put your hope in God. 
God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Listen, I'm thankful for the facts. The facts give us the information, but I am so thankful for God's truth because, I mean, that's what produces transformation in our lives. When the facts are against you, you come to God's word and let God's truth be transformative in your life. I don't care what the doctor says. My Bible says that God is a healer and that God can heal. Is anybody with me today? I don't care what anybody says. If your kids are far from the Lord, my God has told me that if, if I've raised them in the ways of the Lord, they will return back, that God is loving them, that God is working in them, that if you lost your job, my word says that God is my provider, not my my boss and that he's going to take care of, he can take care of the birds and the flowers, he's going to take care of me. This is what God's word says. This is what the truth says. And when your emotions mess with you, you just go back to God's word and you begin to preach to yourself. Yeah. Just amen yourself. That's what I do. Okay. Just amen yourself. You preach God's word to yourself and you allow God's word to begin to wash worry, fear, and all of that out of you. Cause this is the truth of God's word. When you're in transition, You need God's word because nothing is more volatile in transition and change than your emotions. Your boyfriend drops you. You think it's the last thing in the end of the world. Oh, God, he was my man. And God's like, no, he was a chunk, okay? I have a hunk for you. He's a chunk. I have a hunk, okay? Stop worrying about that guy. I have something better for you. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching in here, all right? Whatever it is, you lose a job, you lose a tra- there's something that's going on, and you hold on to that, oh, my God. And, it, and there's a grieving process, and that's okay. But you just got to realize that nothing that God is doing in your life is, is, is to hurt you. It's to help you. It's to bring you to greater places. And number three, last one is this, is that we've got to expect the process to develop you. Notice what God told Moses. I mean Moses, Abram. God told Abram, I'm going to make you into a great nation. Abram wasn't a great nation when God called him. He was just a a man with a woman, uh, a wife, and, but he wasn't a great nation yet. And God says, I'm going to move you. It's time to go, but I'm going to make you into a great nation. And I need you to hear me very closely as we close out. You and I, we see our heart best when our heart is pressed. It's not It's easy to cover things up in our lives when everything's going good. It's when we go through difficult times, times of change and transitions that can be hard, that the emotional level, it presses on us and what is in us comes out. Fear comes out. Anger comes out. Anxiety comes out. And it's okay. God is allowing these things in our lives so that comes to the top so we can identify who God is in our life, but also so we can assess who we are and where we're at. There are things in your life right now, listen to me closely, that will never be produced in your life unless you went through pressure. How many in here, I mean, we we all in here want the beach body. You know, we all in here want the good looking body. Nobody wants to go to the gym. Nobody wants to put down the boudin, okay? I mean, nobody, everybody wants to, we wanna, can I have the boudin and the six-pack app? No, it doesn't happen, okay? You got to go to the gym. You got you to you you push. What, what is it? Resistance. Pain. Nobody wants to do it. But it's the only way that you can get healthy physically is you go through pressure. You go through things that can hurt, but they hurt to make you better. Is everybody with me in this place? And, 
in the tragedy and the hardships of your life right now. You look at him and go, God, I want to get out of this. God, I don't want this. And you don't realize God is using that to make you more like Jesus. He's developing you in this process. I love, um, I love college football. Any college football fans in here? Um, come on, go Tigers. And so uh, <laughs> I love college, collegiate football, NFL football. Um, one of the things that, that you've probably seen if you watched any game is they have the officials that are on the field. You know, their whole goal is just to make sure that the rules are being followed and that everybody's playing the way that it's supposed to be. And, and they can call, the, you know, they can throw their yellow flags out and, and call a foul, call a penalty. And, and, and the cool thing is, is that they created that the coaches along the sidelines also carry a flag. It's not yellow, though. What color is it? It's red. And, and, and how many know, they can throw that flag at any time. So you see Coach O or Coach Payton, you know, they, Coach Payton loves throwing that flag. Throwing that flag, just throwing it out there. And what they're doing is, is they don't agree with the call that happened on the field. So what will happen is those officials will then go into a box. And, and, and what's, what's happening is there are officials that are not on the field, but up in another box that have all of these screens in front of them. What are they seeing? They're seeing the play from all different angles. We've all seen it. And for many of us, when that happens, you're like, oh, okay, let's go get some chips. Okay, like we all go and go do other things. But those officials are going into that box, talking to the other officials that are up in a, in a higher box, and they're looking at it from a perspective that they didn't see it right there on the play. And they're seeing it from all these different angles, all these different perspectives. And now we got slow motion, we got HD cameras. And so, you know, everybody's an official now because we can all see everything that's going on. And I have seen entire seasons change from one call. We've also seen one season lost because of one call. We're not going there. Okay, let's not. We'll grieve. Jesus, help us to give forgiveness to those officials. <laughs> uh, we love you, saints. And so they're number one in our hearts. And so we have, but we've seen things. Be, you've seen an entire season change from three words. Upon further review... Upon further review has changed entire teams. It's won and lost games. Upon further review, the ruling on the field has been overturned or the ruling on the field has confirmed. Either way, what ended up happening was is those officials on the ground needed to get a different perspective that they didn't have themselves. Can I tell you, when you go through transition, when you go through change, when you go through disappointment, when you go through hurt, how I many know you need to take it to the box and let him give you his perspective? And so God says, upon further review, I agree. I am working in this mix. Upon further review, you're going through hurt, but I am helping you through this. Upon further review, don't give up. Keep going. You're on a good path. Upon further review, come on, how I many know we need to take it to the top? Take it to the top. Take it to the Lord. Bring it before him. God, I don't know what's going on in my heart. God, I'm so full of anxiety. I'm so full of worry. God, what do I do? And we, we bring it to the Lord. And how many know he's got a perspective to see things you and I can't see? And he will give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. He will walk with you. And he'll show you all that he's doing in the midst of these changes. 